You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, which means it is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. I feel like really excited about Monday today. So I think maybe our content (laughs) is like reflective of that. I love talking about identity. So yes, let's do this today. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this. Happy Advent too. It is uh, time for for identity. We're continuing our conversation on identity. Uh, Where do you want to take us today? Yeah, today we're really especially going to hone in on that. Where does identity connect with our mental health? Uh, That's usually where we go for episode two in this series after we've defined identity a little bit better last time and how we see it both theologically, but also from that psychological and sociological research vantage point. Today, we're going to dive into where it connects with our mental health, how it impacts it. Next week, we'll do more of that, how to build it, if you will, for better mental health. And so I want to talk about this in three parts. We're really going to talk about some terminology that we use in the therapeutic world a lot uh, called sense of self. And so identity can be this idea we have about who we are, and it's fed by our internal selves, but also a lot of external stuff, right? And we know as Christians, we talked about last week, identity solidly grounded in Christ Jesus and his work for us and what he says about us. Sense of self is more internal. It's really reflective of that. What internally I believe about myself, I think about myself, the feelings and things that come up. And so while all of those things might be true or false or discombobulated together, we are concerned with what it's saying, if you will, and our lens of our sense of self. Because in mental health world, we understand that that sense of self, the stronger it can be grounded in truth, the stronger it can feel connected uh, to reality and uh, a awareness of our value and our worth, the better our mental health is going to be. A sense of self is so important in mental health. And I don't want to uh, ignore that aspect. And so I think we're a little uncomfortable with it in the church because we know that our internal resources can lie to us so often and be really wrong um, Mm -hmm. and be, again, discombobulated. However, like I said, we can listen to it. We can begin to dive in and understand it without trusting it to lead us. So similar to the idea that emotions are informants, not leaders, our sense of self is that way too. But we want to build a stronger sense of self, that very internal kind of visceral awareness that is acting on our behalf, telling us who we are, that we're capable, that we're worthwhile, uh, even when we're not aware of it. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll just start with like, why does sense of self matter so much in mental health? And maybe I can convince you, I guess, from that vantage point that this is a worthwhile conversation in Lutheranism. Um, So number one is when we have a strong sense of self, we know that we have less anxiety and stress in our lives. Uh, 
Um, and I'm not talking about you stress. I'm not talking about good stress that helps us do a project. I feel like, especially with Lutherans, anytime I talk about stress, they're like, oh, but sometimes stress is so useful. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that can be true. But I'm talking about the stress that weighs down, the heaviness of stress uh, that really creates that anxiety and internal uh, just upending inside of us. And so we know at, at, at basic psychological, sociological research level, we know that better sense of self means less anxiety and less stress internally. And that helps our, our bodies fight inflammation, that helps our immune systems, that helps our relationships and all of that good stuff. The other thing that having a strong sense of self does, we know from research, is that it builds resilience. So resilience uh, sometimes is defined as that bounce back character quality. When you've gone through something hard that you can uh, pick yourself up, I would like to propose a different way of seeing resilience through a Lutheran lens in particular. Um, and I, I kind of redefine resilience uh, for us in my book that comes out in April called Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. And so you, you'll have the opportunity to read more about resilience there if you're interested in it eventually. But I would like to propose that resilience is more about the fight. It's more about that athlete picture that we get in the New Testament, that God has called us to this life, that we are in, you know, running this race, that we're in it together. Uh, and so building resilience comes from these internal resources of believing that we're capable, that God is working in the midst of all the struggle. Um, but then also, I think building resilience comes from having those people in our life who are going to remind us who we are, uh, help us be firmly grounded in that identity. And so that is part of the, the work of resilience in our life, but the strong sense of health self um, builds that resilience. So I'm gonna ask this Andy and Sarah question in just a second, cause I've been talking forever. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanna clarify in Lutheranism too, uh, I think we appreciate this actually more because we understand that we are complicated people by our doctrine of law and gospel. Like we hold both those things together. And so as Lutheran Christians, as Christians, we can also hold the fact that there are going to be really great parts to us and there's going to be really complicated bad parts to us um, and that there's maybe a lot in the middle that's really hard to define. So we don't have to see ourselves as just solely good people and we don't have to see ourselves as bad people instead we hold both those things together that we as human beings are capable of great good and also capable of great evil and it's christ that helps us to be uh really complete and enough in this life so my question i guess for andy and sarah was where have you seen god build identity in someone's life or your own through that resilience through the fight of the christian faith or through the hard stuff of life that god is walking us through and that's kind of a personal question so you can use some vagueness if you will but i wondered <laughs> where you have seen resilience God used that resilience, I guess, to do its work of identity building. Yeah, I think in my in my own life, in particular, just the the oh. um, chronic <laughs> the chronic illness uh, struggles that I've had for the last several years. That is definitely that out of everything 
that has probably been the biggest struggle and um and with my husband as well uh just trying to like work through all of the the hard stuff that goes along with diagnosis and and lifestyle change and all all of those things uh, that is definitely uh, built up a, a lot of resilience in myself. And as far as other people, I mean, this is very general, but I'm friends with a lot of pastors wives and I'm, I'm sure you know this as well, Heidi. Um, there's, there's a lot of struggle that goes through, uh, or goes along with being a new pastor's wife and, and learning mm. the ropes of what that vocation means. So I have seen a lot, uh, a lot of my friends really, um, build resilience in a good way, um, coming through those first few years out of seminary and, and learning how to be, uh, the, uh, the the best pastor's wife in that vocation that they can be. Mm, those are really both great examples. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your personalness to that. The fact that, you know, health will rock our world at some point. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. I've, I've begun to understand that. I think now that I'm 40, it's like, oh yes. Okay. Surprise. We all have a health <laughs> issue at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And so some of those don't come with concrete answers. I think when we're really mm -hmm. young, we think, oh, there's, we'll just get to that answer eventually. And then ta-da, it's kind of solved. And so often that's not the case. And so that kind of long-term trying to figure ourselves out, that mm -hmm. is the work of uh, God doing that identity work through that difficult thing. So I really appreciate that. And same thing with vocation. You know, I think we think we'll have our vocations all just figured out. We just decide where to go to college and then we decide what we're going to do and then we do this. And then we find out, oh, that's, that's that's not the way it goes down. We're always nope. wrestling with our vocations. Um, yeah, so good job, God, using those things to build in us that strong sense that he's at work, that he's the grounding, but that we also uniquely, you know, fight the good fight, if you will. How about you, Andy? I would say it's probably health related too. in watching uh, a dear friend that um, I met many years ago. Uh, well, friends, I should say, uh, husband and wife. And as they um, were growing, as their family was growing, they um, they had they didn't expect to have biological children. But uh, and so they they adopted and their adopted children had some health issues. And then they also had biological children and it was a bit of a surprise and they also had health issues. So they had several children that had health issues mm -hmm. and um, it, it was just a constant struggle, but watching them just be so, so bold in their, their faith and, and so mm -hmm. strong in their faith through all the, the, the medical challenges and the health challenges that they faced through the years um, and, and, and they continue to be, very strong and, and, and great example for others in terms of how to, um, one, how to, uh, to, to constantly be in prayer for, um, not just for themselves and for their family, but for others as well, getting messages from them once in a while saying, oh, we're praying for you. Our family's praying for you this week. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> all the struggles that you all have been dealing with and you're praying for us, our lives seem boring um, and, and all the things that they face. So, uh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And I think you just really uh, conceptualize really well the way the body of Christ works in building up each other's sense of self through the struggle, through prayer, through uh, those experiences together, that suffering and rejoicing together. When we do that, uh, when we suffer, God will build our sense of self. He'll build resilience. When we do it together, there's something really unique there that I don't think we have psychological and sociological or theological names for. 
what he's doing in building the strength of us internally and knowing who we are, being more firmly grounded in that identity, as well as that community identity as the body of Christ. So that's awesome. Like, I just love how that case really conceptualizes that for us. I appreciate that, Andy. Okay, should we go to yeah. self-worth or should we take a break? We'll take a quick break and we'll continue with self-worth in just a moment here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Twenty twenty has already been a year of chaos. Now add in the end of the year chaos, duties, deadlines, regrets, plus the pre Christmas chaos of ads, peer pressure, shopping, family gatherings, empty seats at the table. Who can bring calm to this chaos? Well the true calm isn't that we'd all just get through it or even get along. The true calm is the peace of Jesus Christ. The peace that comes from his promises. The peace that comes from his forgiving blood. The peace that comes from a confident hope in the resurrection to eternal life for all who trust in him. Don't ride the wave of chaos to get to Christmas and the end of the year. Join the Christian church for Advent and find the calming peace of Christ in your church and home. For Advent, Family, Table Grace, and many other resources, check out lcms.org slash advent. That's lcms.org slash advent. And find the peace that this world cannot give. In the midst of viral pandemic, economic instability, and social unrest, St. Paul's Lutheran Church Pair invites you to a service of sacred music on Saturday, December 12th at 5 p.m. and Sunday, December 13th at 4 p.m. The congregation will hear words of comfort from God's Holy Word and have opportunities to sing familiar hymns and carols of the season. In-person attendance requires pre-registration at stpaulsdepair.org. Prevailing safety precautions will be followed. St. Paul's is located at the intersection of Manchester and Ballas Roads across from West County Center. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We're talking about identity today and moving on to self-worth. Is that right, Heidi? That is true. Yeah, I actually asked the question in our show notes, do we believe in self-worth <laughs> and self-love? I think it, it begs the question, right? It's not simple. The problem is that we know um, from research that people that do not have a strong sense of self struggle, especially with self-worth, this idea that they have worth. Um, there's a lot of negative self-talk. There's uh, a lot of times some really destructive risk-taking behaviors and things like that uh, because of this loss of internal belief in worth. And so I've noticed uh, that this is a conversation that maybe needs to be had a little bit more in our local congregations with our pastors and our Bible studies and things like that, uh, because we use the language so often of our, our worth being in Christ, correct? Like that's, I think, the mm -hmm. way we understand worth. The, the problem is, number one, 
what does that do for people who don't know Christ? <laughs> you know, they don't know him. Um, so I think we're impeding our outreach to some degree. Uh, but then also uh, our our members, our people who know Christ, then uh, when their faith is rocked a little bit, even a, a tiny bit, then they wrestle also with worth. Uh, and I really think, again, since the sense of self builds resilience, we will be able to be more resilient souls. We'll be able to walk through hard things with our feet planted on Christ's foundation if we get a handle on this concept of worth a little bit better. Um, and so I, I like to think of it this way, God sent Jesus, which tells us of our worth. So we can have relationship with God because of Christ. Like without Christ, we can't have that relationship uh, and our eternity suffers, correct? <laughs> However, mm -hmm. Because Jesus is incarnate, this is such a good Advent message, right? This is where we're at right now in the church here. Because God sent Jesus to die for us, God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die. That tells us that we have worth. God's work as a creator, as a, a former of us and who we are and this whole identity, uh, physically, spiritually, uh, mentally, emotionally, relationally, all of that tells us that he values us. And so I think a better definition of self-worth from a Lutheran lens, from a Christian lens, is we have worth in the fact that God sent his son to die for us. And because his son died for us, I get to have a relationship with God. You know, I get to continue living in that worth um, and, and not being defined by my sin. And so that, I think it's up for some theological debate, if you will, <laughs> that uh, I think we have to wrestle with how we talk about this. Uh, I think we would find probably a lot of pastors and a lot of our uh, church leaders that agree with what I just said. I think we also might hear some pushback because we are so used to using that kind of phrasing that's our worth is in Christ and Christ alone. Um, and it, it's complicated. That is true. But we have to expand that to understand what we're saying by that, that our Christ, our, our worth is in Christ's incarnation um, by God's creation of us and his incarnation to save us just as much as it is in our redemption by him. Uh, that way we can then again, further reach out to people who don't know, you know, <laughs> that don't know Jesus. And so I also think there's a piece of stewardship here. Uh, stewardship means that we do love what he gives us and we take care of it just as we love our neighbor. So we see self and our sense of self as neighbor, like that we take care of this body as we would a neighbor. Um, and I think that helps us to understand it from that biblical lens of the way God talks about uh, love and stewardship and helps us enter into those conversations that we hear about self-love, maybe a little more productively uh, online in particular. I think we don't maybe love that phrasing because it doesn't sound uh, like it works with humility. It doesn't sound like it works with a lot of other biblical concepts of community, but understanding that our self is also a neighbor. And so we want to take care of that neighbor. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when we talk about worth, we just love God <laughs> and he fills in the rest. You know, we just turn to him 
and and he helps us to know who we are and that we're enough, uh, however we want to phrase it. Just love God. <laughs> that's like commandment one, right? And that's a good place to find yourself in. So Andy and Sarah, in what ways do you steward the gift God's given you of yourself? How do you take care of yourself and how do you show yourself that love that you would a neighbor around you? <laughs> a great question. <laughs> um, learning. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> we're struggling with this question, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> no, no I, well, learning to to establish helpful boundaries, not mm-hmm. uh, boundaries that that help me be a good steward, a good manager of um, the the gifts that God has given me, so that I can continue to do them, use those gifts without burning out too frequently um, without, uh, completely exhausting and, and, and recognizing that perhaps maybe sometimes I set those boundaries too close because I'm afraid of burning out when I could set them a little bit further, but learning how to use those boundaries too, I guess, is, is another way of stewarding the gifts God has given me. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think so often we really, I noticed this in the concept of vulnerability that we think we, you know, need to either be super vulnerable and only vulnerable, or we need to have these really rigid boundaries. And so I like the way you talk about that, about having vulnerability, being that neighbor, but then also having some boundaries in that God invites us to that, to care for ourselves. That's really beautiful. Thanks, Andy. Sarah? Yeah, I I need some help with that boundary stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I think especially now, and this may have been different nine months ago, but I don't really remember pre-COVID life. So I'm going to go with what's working for me right now. (laughs) Um, Getting outside every day is Mm -hmm. like crucial to my overall health, Um, making sure I'm eating well and making sure I'm having conversations with people outside of my own house, which usually just includes me most days. <laughs> I think uh, those are, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> weird things happen when you work from home every day. Uh, those, I think those things, especially right now are crucial to, um, to my, my self-worth and making sure that I, <laughs> I don't fall into this pit of despair. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why Maslow's hierarchy really continues to be one of our basic ways we understand uh, ourselves and what we need, as well as what others need. And so, you know, the hierarchy, I, I don't like a hierarchy approach to it, because I think like food and shelter, yes, that's basic, but so is what you just expressed is seeing other people and or communicating with them in some way so that we feel connected. Both of those things matter. And so I like to show Maslow's hierarchy actually as a a plant, like a flower growing with petals and leaves and all of that stuff filled with that because it's just stuff we need, not necessarily in a certain order, if you will. And so we can can be aware of those needs, that self-awareness goes a really long way. And like I said, we wrestle with self-awareness. We wrestle with this idea of self-worth because we're so concerned about the humility factor. When in reality, when we're caring for ourselves, that allows us to be more humble because we are self-aware, because we are reading our internal processes and thoughts without needing to throw them onto people 
in order to understand ourselves. That's what happens a lot of the time when we have a low sense of self is we're just saying stuff. We're just doing things without that self-awareness. And then people uh, end up the uh, bearers of it, if you will, because we're trying to figure ourselves out. And when we can see them visually out there in the world on people, when we throw it out there, then we uh, can understand a little bit better. But then the shame cycle starts where we're like, well, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. But we aren't self-aware enough to know even what we're doing. And it gets really complicated really fast. So Sarah, you just threw up in our chat the word rest. Tell me more yes. about that. I was trying to, I knew there was a fourth one. Uh, I have a hard time slowing, like I can't sit still a lot of times. And it's one of the things I've been working on for a very long time that my husband is very good at resting, at intentionally sitting and doing nothing. And I'm not good at that. So he has been teaching mm -hmm. me over the many years that we've been together mm -hmm. that uh, taking time to rest is just as important as getting up and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. is, is crucial also to, um, uh, mm -hmm. to having, having a renewed sense of self, uh, being able Absolutely. to just sit and be for a little while and not, and not do anything. <laughs> right. Right. Jesus did both. Right. And if exactly. the perfect son of God can do both, then that's part of his, you know, the image of God that we also hold that we need both rest and we need both work. And if you go to HeidiGaiman.com, my husband, Dave, and I just recorded a podcast uh, that talks about that uh, being as well as doing as part of our sense of self and our connection with God. And so I appreciate both those things. We are complicated people loved by a complicated God. And so these conversations are exactly where we need to be. We're not going to understand our sense of self by the time we finish coffee hour this morning, you know, but we're always, <laughs> always growing is the name of the series, right? We're always growing and discovering and having conversations so that we can grow in God's word and who he says we are and understanding this unique person that he's created a little bit more every day. Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Always good to chat with you, Heidi. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o